Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, a series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters that are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Will Lynch, and I'm the Associate Editor of Resident Advisor. Steffi Doms, or Steffi as you might know her, has a very enviable position in house music. She's a resident DJ at Panorama Bar in Berlin. This put her on the radar a few years ago, and eventually paved the way for her first official mix CD, which comes out this month on Oskuton. But it's by no means a whole story. By the time she got the job seven years ago, she'd already had more than a decade of experience, not only as a DJ, but as a producer and label manager as well. She's seen a lot of change in club music over the years, and today possesses a very frank kind of wisdom. Chatting over tea a couple of days after a mixed release party, she gave us a glimpse of the world as Steffi sees it. Officially since 2007. That's the first time it was 2005 when I played there, but when I moved to Berlin in 2007, I was an official resident since then. So at this point, I imagine you really, you know, um, you couldn't be more familiar with the club in a way. Um, how does that affect, you know, playing there versus playing somewhere else, like playing somewhere you're so familiar with? Well, you know, I think I think one thing that I would like to point out that's very important to, to me is that I take every gig as serious as I do um, when I play at Panorama. Bar. Every gig has the same importance for me because I take I take DJing very serious. So it's a, it's a very it's a very serious thing for me. So I approach the gigs in the same way. But I think if if a club offers you a place like they did for me like a platform a home base where you can play every month or sometimes more than once a month you connect yourself to the people who work there and that in includes the entire staff basically you know and there's a lot of familiar faces after a, after a long time so you 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 feel like you're definitely part of something and um, that gives you a, 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 a supportive feeling, definitely. I mean, somebody who puts you up for so many years every month and gives you the opportunity to do your thing, not even with the club, also with the label, that's, a, that's, that's, very, that's very precious, you know? So I, I want to do the best I can for every gig, but I also want to, you know, for the club, I want to give my best, you know, if it's, if it's releasing on the label or playing at the club, I just want to make sure that, you know, they get the most out of me because that's that's the way I feel that I get from them as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, you said they, you know, Panorama Bar kind of gave you a home as a DJ, but would you say they also kind of gave you an international presence at the same time? It helped a lot. I mean, I would say. I would absolutely lie if I if I would say that it that that wasn't the main influence and definitely but what for me 
the most important thing to um, be able to move to Berlin was because of the residency. It was never the other way around. I never moved to Berlin because I wanted to live in Berlin, but because of the residency. And when when I started to play there, I was able to give up my my um, freelance job as a graphic designer and concentrate on on making music and also concentrate on DJing you know much more than I did when I was still living in Amsterdam because I had to work uh, during the week and it's a different kind of you know balance between doing your day job and being somewhere on the road on the weekend and I've, I've played abroad before I moved to Berlin but def when I made that step that was definitely internationally very very useful for me absolutely do you like um, traveling a lot playing abroad I like to travel a lot but I I don't like to play too many gigs a week because I feel that it should be something balanced in your life and I think you should for me it's important that I select my gigs pretty uh, pretty good not take everything that they offer you and I have to manage my time I need some time off to do other stuff concentrate on making music but also concentrate on my private life and um, I had some months where I played like every weekend three times and I instinctly said to myself like poor oh, this this is not this is not right it doesn't feel good i need to um i, I need to do less so i like coming back to your question i like to be on the road but i don't like to overdo it and and take everything i can get and play like 15 or 14 15 times a month i think that's way too much way too much you're becoming a, more like a robot and I, I i think that's a bit of a dangerous vibe you know do you think that's kind of easy to slip into? Like it seems Yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally. I think like I mean I think the more demand there is, you know, the more the more you can work basically, the more you can play. And um there must be people that take everything they, they get on their plate and fair enough. I mean if that's what your vibe's all about, then that's good. And 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 I think it's easy to turn from okay, have I got enough gigs these months to uh, make a living if if DJing was your main income and if all of a sudden you you see that there's more demand like oh I can make more money you know that's that's a way of approaching it definitely but I think it's as I said before I think you should concentrate on 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 the places where you want to be and the amount of gigs that you physically want to do as well um so your original connection to Panorama Bar was uh, Andy Baumecker, right? Yeah. How did that happen exactly? Like he he kind of hooked you up with the residency? Yeah, we met um, in Frankfurt the first time when he asked me to play in, in Robert Johnson. And um, he told me I was moving to Berlin and was um, starting to work for the club. And he invited me to play a couple of months later. And I, I wasn't really familiar with the club, to be honest. When I told a couple of friends, they were more enthusiastic about it because they knew about it. I didn't know about it, to be very honest. And 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 we haven't, we've only had contact through email for a longer period of time before I met him in Frankfurt. So it was quite, it was a quite spontaneous thing, but it it matched really well. So I ended up playing at the end of 2005. I ended up playing in Panorama Bar with him, and it was a kind of 
started from there and we were in touch like really really often like oh via iChat or whatever and exchanged music and thoughts and crazy funny shit and yeah somehow I seem to be there more often in Berlin <laughs> like extended stays and it was I think I played there every three months before I finally um moved to Berlin in 2007 permanently yeah he had a big influence on me moving to Berlin not only because of the club but more about the the friendship and the vibe really it was it was quite a hectic time at the moment and we were we were on a fun on a fun journey you could say it was good I imagine that was kind of you know a major turning point in your life um taking that panorama residency yes also all for my liver i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't really used to drink so much schnapps i think a lot of people who uh, know me a little bit longer can have a couple of nice stories to tell <laughs> i was quite shocked about the german um, schnapps culture basically so i was a bit messy uh, the, uh, the first couple of months getting Getting used to drinking schnapps after every second beer was quite hardcore, but good fun. Um, how did you like uh, moving to the city overall, coming from Amsterdam? Well, the, the thing is, when I moved, Amsterdam was kind of, for me, like being there for already 10 years, basically played in every club, did my own parties, organized a lot of things running the club nights always active in the scene doing the label etc etc i was kind of sitting around and thinking mm, there's not there's not much that i can do that i haven't done in terms of bringing new things onto the scene not like oh god i've seen it all because that that's ridiculous to say but more like like the achievement of of, of doing new things reaching new people and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a dead vibe for me for a while. So that that kind of made Berlin from, made made it so interest interesting because I was already ten years in Amsterdam, and as I said, I wasn't really into Berlin. I mean, the first time when I went to Berlin was ninety ninety four year uh, four months after the wall uh, had opened up, and the second time was fifteen years later. So I was like. It wasn't really something that was occupying my mind, basically. So it was interesting. So I, I, I moved and it was exploring a whole new place, basically. So that, that was very exciting in the beginning, definitely. It's kind of funny to imagine that as a DJ, there was a time when Berlin didn't have that much of an obvious draw. You hadn't heard of Panorama Bar. Yeah. You know, things are very different weird. now. Yeah, that's really weird, actually. That is no, that's that's actually true because when 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 Andy was telling me this, I was like, yeah, cool, man, whatever. But I was not, I was not aware of of, of what he was doing and and why he was so enthusiastic about Panorama Bar. You know, when he invited me there, I, I when I walked into the club, I was like, hey, this this reminds me of of when I was young, and when I went to Amsterdam, and you know, in the whole. Uh, early 90s warehouse kind of vibe that that they had going on in Amsterdam it's like it was a lot of resemblance so for me that was kind of 
whew, that's nice, you know. I was kind of stuck in Amsterdam, and then this was the new thing that was pretty vibrant. So, yeah, it was, it was really good for me. Did you find the parties, like, especially good when you first got there? Well, I suppose it's a natural thing when when things are new, they always feel different than the 20th, after the 20th time, basically. So, of course, you know, kid in a candy store effect when you when you walk in there definitely and and berlin as a city also you know you're, you're new and you don't know your way so you're finding new things so everything that's everything's interesting basically that's i think that's that's happening to everybody who moves into a different country basically um becoming a you know sort of a professional dj um or full-time i should say and being a resident panorama bar was there anything were there any kind of like new pressures or new complications that arose from that that you you know weren't used to well i think if you uh, reach a point where you play a lot of international gigs there's more um attention and especially with these new media possibilities like i mean like your website obviously has reached a lot of people lately like a lot of people facebook twitter any kind of new media so basically it's harder to um, do something without people noticing what you're doing and I'm I'm from an I mean I'm going to be 40 next year so I'm I'm not used to growing up with a mobile phone and I also got hooked on the whole having a mobile phone in my back kind of vibe you know but it's not something that I had when I was 16 so that's that's for me that's I see I see a line in life where people really switched onto smartphones and all that sort of stuff. So I know that whenever you do something, the chances of the event being registered is very big. The chances of people recording your sets, you know, talking about it on whatever kind of platform, sharing their experiences on YouTube, that's a big thing. So yeah, you you are under the surveillance, you could say, basically. And it makes it kind of it makes it new. It's hard not to to let it in. It's very it's very hard. I I'm, in the beginning I was trying to get people out of my way who were requesting songs on their iPhone, making pictures. I'm a person that that doesn't like to have my photo taken. I've, I, I was never, also not in my private life. But, you know, that's a new thing that happens to you when you play at a lot of gigs these days, you know. And that's kind of, that, that's kind of tough sometimes to communicate that it's more about the music than actually capturing certain moments, you know. And there's there's been some discussions going on online, people posting like come on guys you know let's let's live in the moment let's not always try to look through the lens or check check out your 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 smartphone how your party was last night kind of vibe i think as a dj coming back to your question there's more pressure on your shoulders because you know that people are are following you and, you know and and it's not a bad thing because you take you take advantage of it by promoting yourself on Facebook in whatever kind of way. Everybody's different in that, you know. People, you know, like to be very, very minimized about it and some people like to do other stuff, you know. But basically, anyway, um, yeah, I think that's, 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 there's more pressure on your shoulder, definitely. But I, I, I tend to um, 
like I I try to keep it about the music, but I, I, I notice that that bothers me sometimes, but I'm trying to find the way, the right way not to uh, to let it overwhelm my uh, overwhelm me too much. And I'm not talking about people who are following me, but more like, you know, the fact that your ass can be online after you pressed out your fart, basically, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's a thing, definitely. Mm. Yeah, also, I'd imagine that, um, you know, kind of becoming like a known name or something is, uh, you know, affects people's expectations. Yes, like They, they see Steffi on a lineup and they think that'll mean a certain kind of music at that time. Yeah. And she also has a headache sometimes or, or a bad period and, and maybe doesn't feel so well, but still, you know, that's true, actually. But, you know, on the other hand, I think um, it's fair to say that, that there are days that you're just, your fingers are stiff, your mixes are sloppy and you're not feeling, for some reason you're just not feeling. And the funny thing is when you leave home, you pack your bag and like most of my um, sets are um, 90% vinyl, unless I my bag doesn't show up. I've got my backup plan with stick and CD and sometimes I mix it in a little bit, but basically I pack I pack my, my sets around vinyl. So I definitely have a lot of prep to do before I go on the road, you know, so I, I take every gig serious, but it can absolutely happy, happen that you rock up and you're like, oh God, I, f I feel like shit, but I have to go on tonight, you know, and, and there's a lot of people buy a ticket for you for their uh, favorite event or whatever the reason is, or for you or, you know, because they like the party or the promoter and somebody gets on and just doesn't do the job and that that will pop up in the net and people will say, oh, she was shit when she played there. And maybe I, I was shit, yeah. But, you know, this whole discussion about like, you know, oh, you know, it's it, it somehow it does get to you. So you have to be extra sharp for some reason. But, you know, you're only you can only do the best you can. And I said it before in another interview, if I get sloppy or I, I don't feel like I should be out there anymore playing i would quit anyway because that's a promise i made with myself so i just have to listen to myself and stay sharp that's the only thing i need to do and not you know not to forget that if i don't enjoy the music anymore then it's over anyway you know when you're having one of those bad nights and like and you're you know walking into the club and you know that you're not really feeling it um what can you do or what do you do to try to make the best of the situation well, I think there's always a couple of records that you've got in your bag that are new that you would like to try out. And I think if, like, it's fair to say that these days I try to select the gigs as good as possible in terms of who plays with me. That's a very important factor for me, whether I would take a gig, yes or no. And so who's the, what, what, what does the rest of the lineup look like? It's not that I don't want to be everywhere in the world or anything but it's just that some music just doesn't match what I do so I try to prevent myself from having a bad night not knowing what sort of party I party I'm at you know and um, of course it can happen that the vibe's very bad I just try to concentrate in on making nice mixes and and telling my story and and still be able to somehow try to bring the flow across you know that's also uh that's a very, very important thing, basically. And 
yeah, you win some, you lose some. You have nights where it's, where it's just not matching between you and the crowd, or, or or the equipment's not good, or or you're you're having a rough day, or whatever. But I'm just trying to keep the flow and see if I can make the best set out of it. I think. Um. So your uh, production has really kicked up in the past uh, few years. When was your first tracks that? Um, was it the one on Thomas Sumo's Panorama mix? Was that your first? Yeah, there track? was a there was a remix that ca- actually came out on Soul Rock on a Dutch label for Sam Proper and Steven uh, Paven, who's a, a one two three as well. Um, I did a remix for them that came on on, on vinyl shortly before the track on on Thomas mix CD. But I it's fair to say that Thomas. Mix CD was the main kick in my ass to uh, to open up and actually start releasing the music because I was already making music since 2002, but this, there was just no need or maybe not the confidence yet to bring it out on the market because I'm I I, I am very critical, so I I just didn't really show anybody the music until the opportunity to send us some stuff for the mix CD. And I was like, yeah, you know, and then, and she was one, one of the people said like, you need to get that out because you need to, you need to show people what you're doing. It's, it's, it's good. So she, she kicked me. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she, um, you made the track in 24 hours or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. But that, that was not an old track that that's actually what I did in 24 hours when, I, I initially cancelled the CD and then she said to me, like, you know, I'll give you 24 hours and you just make a strong pot of coffee and work and you, you'll you make it. So I had to fly to Holland and then I was able to push that back one more day and I had 24 hours and then I just finished it. But, you know, you have to, you have to finish it, no sleep. And it kind of gave me a... I don't know, give me something to step the other leg to the other side as well, instead of always saying, like, oh, I don't need to release anything or blah, 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 you know? Did you start um, spending more time in the studio, like once your name was out there as a producer? Less. <laughs> Less, actually. Like, um, I think these, my DJ career expanding internationally kind of, run parallel with me releasing more records so the more more I was on the road the less time I had to to spend time in the studio before I was I was working a lot of more on music because I wasn't playing so much so that's that's a bit of a bit of a thing at the moment but I I've I've cleaned my summer a little bit so I can be in the studio more and start working on the second album that's that's a big goal so I I took time off in summer to um, concentrate on that and just really kick off and you know get the ball rolling yeah i'd imagine that once um once people know you as a producer just that alone would would sort of um you know inspire you to try to get more stuff out there i don't know it's it's not something that i necessarily need to do to release music because people know my music it's just something like as soon as you kind of like it's like like something breaks open and it and it just pours out, you know, basically. And my kickstart after Tama CD had so much influence on me being so productive 
that I I want to make music because I feel good about making music and I like making music. I like to be in the studio, but not necessarily to to release something because there's so many, so many sketches that never saw daylight. And it's fine for me. That's totally fine. I mean, if I if I release a 12, and I haven't, I mean, I haven't, I mean, I haven't released that much music anyway, you know. And if I would do another 12 inch, I might maybe like eight, eight sketches and only only use two tracks or something so it's not necessary to get it out and be there and make another record and if it's the time to do another record I'll do another record you know it's just needs to come naturally that's very important otherwise it's just you, your heart's not in it you know but in general it seems like it's kind of a challenge a lot of people agree on just um balancing the dj gigs with the proper amount of studio time you know to make music that you're happy with Totally. Yes. Yes. I would like it to be a bit more equal, to be honest. I wouldn't mind if I would have a little bit more time to spend in the studio, but that will, that will come. That's just a juggle for yourself to find, find your flow to, uh, you know, to, to listen to your own body and like, okay, what, what, how much can I do and how much time do I miss? Cause that, that, that will, show you know if you're too tired because you're on the road then you just know that you have to slow down a little bit how much time do you put into um djing aside from when you're playing like finding new music and and stuff like that um do you still put a lot of effort into digging and whatnot yeah that's a that's a constant thing that never stops that still excites me so much and it's a natural thing. It's not like, oh God, I have to go to the record shop and, and get new new stuff or see what, what's out there because I have to have new records. It's, I'm just very interested and I'm, I'm still very interested in vinyl, whether that's dance music or any kind of other music, whether that's new music or old music, new releases or secondhand. It doesn't really matter for me. It's, it's, it has never changed, really. It's just a constant thing. It's, it's been the same all these years. It's just a curiosity that cannot be stopped somehow. I mean, you've got the term vinyl freak or record collector or whatever. I just, I don't know. I just enjoy it so much. Also, going from one shop to the other, get home, listen to what you what you found, sit down with it, you know. What did I find? Like something something old and valuable or something new that really inspires me or, or you know, it's, it's that whole vibe around it that's, that's just something that doesn't stop. So just walking into a record shop, that's still your main um, method of finding music? Oh, totally. Yes. And and thank God for the fact that Berlin has a lot of record shops, you know. Although I do have to say I order records as well, but I find it I find it a bit harder to shop online for records than being in a shop physically. And, and the, the fun thing about it being in a shop is that you can just like, oh, let's let's go through some more backstock, see if there's something I missed or something interesting that they maybe just got back in or something like this. What do you think about when you're listening to a record in a shop? Like, do you, do you picture like, would I play this or do you just listen to it and, and see how it strikes you? That last, I, I I don't really mind if I would play it or not. Like if it's good and I like it, I buy it. It doesn't matter what genre. I mean, it would be a bit unlikely me buying a, a, a progressive house record. But if it's a good one, then for some reason you would be able to 
play it at home. But like, let's let's just say if I would go through a pile of records, I would not be picky about the fact that it would be 90 BPM or 140 BPM if it would be really hard or really soft or something that would feel danceable or something ambient and, and relaxed. I don't mind because... It's not my my goal to only shop records to use on the dance floor. Hmm. So let's talk about the mix CD. Um, how exactly did this idea come about? Whose idea was it? It's basically uh, Oscar Tone who asked me if I would be interested in releasing a second album in 2013 or doing a mix CD. And I like I like the thought of doing a mix CD. And I wasn't ready for a second album anyway. And for some reason, I was also more in the mood for a mix CD. So I chose the opportunity to do a mix CD. Um, how is the, I mean, obviously you've done uh, podcasts, you've mixed in clubs countless times. Um, what was kind of unique about the process of putting together a, a mix CD or what, what was new about it? The fact that it's a product, it's not a, a, a file, it's it's on CD and, and it has artwork and it's something that will last forever because it's a physical product. A podcast is a file, so it has a different kind of meaning in terms of you have it on your computer, but it has no physical presence, you know, and the CD has artwork and it's still a very fun medium basically and that was so so different than doing a podcast and the second thing of course is that you have to license the tracks there's you don't have the freedom like you have in a podcast of just mixing anything together which that's a good thing about a podcast that you don't have to license and it's for promotion only and the cd is you have to pick out in 70 minutes or 74 minutes you have to pick your tracks not easy, I have to say. Is it hard to think, like, do you have this thing in your head, like, what the CD would have sounded like if you didn't have to worry about any of that? Oh, my God. Yeah, I would have done a four-pack, four CDs. <laughs> Continues, like, flow, flow, flow. A 70 minutes was was really tough. I asked Nick, and he was laughing when I said, like, can I, can I do a double-pack? Is that possible? But it's so expensive, you know, because... You know, you you you're gonna put the tracks on the on the CD. You have to pay some kind of advance because it's a pain in the ass to to deal with the with with the royalties after the sales. And to be fair, not a lot of people are buying CDs anymore these days. So you have to give something to the labels that present the tracks on the CD. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's quite a process, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I guess that hadn't occurred to me that since sales, you know, are obviously lower across the board, but a lot lower. I guess that would make it harder to afford royalties on a yeah, on a totally. Because I think I think you might be lucky if you break even. You know what I mean? Like it's not like ten or fifteen years ago where somebody would sell like twenty thousand mix CDs. Totally not like that's that's gone because this the download generation doesn't care about it so much. So it's, it's, I think it's more like a fun proje- uh, a project that represents something rather than something you make money with because I can assor- assure you that that's definitely not the case. And, and I think it's, you know, Fabric does it as well. 
and I've seen a Rex Rex CD if I'm not mistaken. So a couple of clubs do it, and I I like it because it's something that you can can keep as a memory, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, like in 10 years, I mean, yeah, I've had that Panorama bus CD, that's where I used to go out when I was younger or when I was still going out a lot. And, I, you know, they did these series of CDs. That's something you can say in 10 or 15 years. That's something you can't say about the, about the file, you know. I think that's a major, major difference. Yeah, and also this uh, method, I guess you could say, of uh, having, you know, all the Panorama Bar and Barakai mixes have these exclusive tracks. So you get to kind of represent like new material by your friends and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Or you can you can feature people that you respect or feature people that you would always wanted to work with if they were up for it as well, of course. I think that's that's a nice opportunity also to meet new people and to um, bring people together that haven't been together. And, it's, and that, that, that was that was something that was so nice to see when we had dinner before we had the release party that there was actually a lot of people that were on the cd sitting at dinner and and you just you know you're having your food and having a drink and just chatting away about different kinds of things and you're you're just meeting people from from all over the all over the world like and and with so many different kinds of experiences like different ways of working different mentality it was also an, a really fun social thing, to be honest, to be able to 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 get people into the club that haven't played or get people on the CD that weren't on the label before. People like Big Strick, he was not on the label. He came from Detroit to play at the party, had such a good time with him, you know, lovely guy. And it was just, it was really fun to bring him over because he hadn't been, you know. And I think that's... That's a that's a good ex- aspect about the whole project as well. So how do you choose those? Um, how do you uh, sort out those exclusive tracks? Like, do you have a list of artists that you just say, like, I would love to have this guy in my mix, and then they send you some things, or how does it work exactly? Well, I made a list of people that I respect and appreciate as a p- producer, and I just wrote them an email and explained what I was going to do and whoever was up for a contribution whether it was an exclusive track or something that was already out another on another label or something that was gonna come out on another label that was not really important but you know whatever they wanted to give me i would listen to it and see if it would fit it was a quite big selection i have to i have to say i was really overwhelmed by the people that actually replied back because of so many people sent me stuff and that kind of makes it harder because that you have you have to squeeze all these things in and basically you have to reduce it to like around between 14 and 18 tracks. Very hard, very tough. So did you go through like a few different kind of versions of the mix? Oh, or? yes, 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 yes. I made many mixes for hours and hours. Tried different combinations. You know, I like, let's go into that direction. Let's do something completely different for for a change. Um, next day, nah, maybe I was a bit too enthusiastic about that. Let's try this. Let's try that. It's, a, it's funny how you, after a, a couple of weeks of mixing and trying the new tracks and trying old tracks and see what, what possibly, you know, what the line could possibly look like, 
you're like, I'm never going to make this. I just, I think I just have to call them up and say that I'm going to cancel the project because I don't think, uh, you know, because there's no light on the end of the tunnel because there's so much material to choose from, you know. Then there's a point where you just have to make up your mind, say, okay, this is, this is the stuff that I'm going to be putting on the CD. And um, I choose to have a lot of contemporary artists on the CD and have unreleased material and also material from the last couple of years. There's only one old track from 1992 on there. I I didn't want to go into the past too much, like do something old school or, you know what I mean, just really get crazy classics that people are waiting for or something. I was just, I, for me, it was more about like re representing this period of time that we're in now at the moment, you know? I guess that's what a mix ends up being later on. It's like a snapshot of, you know, that time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And maybe some mixes that have more like a classic vibe, maybe they last longer or not. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a, it's a, it was a conscious decision for me to, to have it all about this, this group of artists and, and, to, and, and let it be about this period of time. And also, representing my idea of what could be played at Panorama Bar, you know, which could basically be anything, but, you know, it is a Panorama Bar mix CD. So I at least try to stick a flow into it, how I would how I would see a beginning, a middle, and an ending, you know? Mm. Um, so you mix it at home? Yeah. How do you get yourself, like, you know, in, in, the, in the zone, in the mindset to do the mix? You just have to mix a lot. You have just have to go through the same same mix over and over again. I mix it with the with turntables. I I didn't use any uh, computer or anything, so I just had to do the same mix twenty thousand times in a row and just a lot of swearing and a lot of you know starting over and oh fuck fuck that mix up okay and when is it good enough and uh, but it was in the end it captured best mix for me and then put it on cd you're happy with how it turned out i don't know i can't say it's up to the guys who and girls who buy the cd i don't know i'm happy with the whole thing and um i'm satisfied with the mix and i hope that the people who buy the mix that they have a lot of fun with it that's that's all i can say really but we, we hardly talked about your labels but um that's something you've been involved in for a long time too with Claxon before yeah, Dolly. Yeah, Claxon is 2000 and Dolly is 2010, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, 2010. You said that's, you know, you have a lot of fun with it. Um, what's, you know, what does that offer that you don't get from DJing and producing? Oh, it's just, it's 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 so, so much fun to to bring new artists onto the label for starters. That's, that's always been a really good fun to to work with people that haven't either haven't had anything out there or not a lot of people know them and to see what the response is to to new music that's a lot of fun i'd rather release a, a record by somebody who hasn't released anything than a huge name just just to be able to to bring something new to to the world and basically also it's something that when somebody released your tracks they brought you into the world basically and it's, it's a nice rotating vibe if you can work with new people that you can give back to you know that's somebody that gave it to you basically 
I really, I really enjoy that. And also finding the, making, you know, compiling the perfect 12 inch if you have more material to choose from and then find, okay, we're going to put that track together and that sounds with that nice with that. I think they call it A&R or something. I don't know. You know, selecting the tracks and, and, and actually putting the whole 12, 12 together. Okay, th these are the four tracks that are in harmony with each other and this is how we're going to do it. Or, or like, okay, we can do a remix on this one. Who can we ask, like... Who has impressed me uh, with with their stuff, or who is actually doing something completely different than could, that could do a completely different interpretation of the track, also, and then and what's the result of that? It's really exciting, you know. It's all about the music. It's not so much about like trying to um, make the label as big as possible, because to be fair, I think in the genres that I'm floating. It's you're never gonna get rich anyway, so we're not in it. We're not in it for the money anyway. So there's a lot of freedom because you don't have the pressure of, oh God, it needs to sell, and otherwise I've put so much money into it. Because I don't do any promo. I don't send out any files. I don't send out any 12 inches. People that come by my house and they want to take a record home, that's completely fine. Or I would occasionally bring some or occasionally forget it also a lot of times. Sorry for that. You know who you are. Um, you know, so it's 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 not about, there's, n there's not a lot of marketing strategy behind it that I have to worry about. And that makes it so much fun. I'm not occupied with, oh my God, I need to send all these people and I need to make sure that I have a showcase at, at some kind of festival. I can I can just, you know, operate at home and just do whatever I like and that freedom is for me it's so important for me I I think that's that's so much fun of having a record label that doesn't have to live up to anything that's out there you know mm. yeah in a way I mean the way you're describing it it sounds like kind of an interesting you know it's like from on the opposite end of what you were saying earlier is you know kind of the new age of DJing where people are expecting certain things and people are aware of everything you're doing blah 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 if you do a label, it can kind of be sort of under the radar. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be under the radar, but there's a huge difference between a major label that has money for a promotion campaign, for a photo shoot, for an album cover. And, and you know, these days, major labels don't even have that amount of money, unfortunately, to pick up an artist and, and to say, okay, let's let's make this person into something big you know that like we, we all know that there's hardly any any money in music through sales it's more the gigs that even even the bigger uh, artists collect their money through through playing a lot of gigs so it's it's not about that i have to hang under the radar i mean i'm i'm happy to be somewhere i don't know what is the radar you know where is the radar anyway but you know what i mean it's nice to be out there and whoever picks it up i'm very grateful you know it's just that i don't have the pressure of promoting the music because i made this decision when when i started dolly for example i made the decision okay i'm not going to do a promo pool do uh, thousands of mails like you have been selected because we think you are the a very important figure in the scene that should have this track and it's only been sent to 20 people and la 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 it's a sort of like if you like the record you buy the record and if you're a dj or you or you play at home or you want to give it as a gift to somebody it doesn't really matter for me because i think you know 
there's so many great DJs out there. For starters, as it might be a little bit off topic, but they never get to see the daylight anyway. You know what I mean? So I'm not really fussed if big DJs play the record because the small DJs at home, they could be a more badass DJ than the big DJs. So I don't care, just buy the record. So that's the reason why I, I decided not to send it to to anybody anymore, you know? Yeah, and I guess if you don't send it out, the people that find it, um, it's kind of more interesting in a totally, way. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, they, and they're happy about it because it's a, a, a conscious choice because it's, I mean, I do... Yeah, no, it's nice to see if they, they pick it up. And I, what, what I was going to say, I do I do occasionally um, do the top 10. And of course, I, 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 wouldn't, I would lie if I would not put it in there, you know, but that's as far as it goes. And sometimes at, at the clone website, you can see if somebody else had picked it up. So th I think that's about the only, that's how far it gets. And of course, you would announce it on Facebook. There's a new release, yay, you know, uh, boom. But other than that, I, I, I have no stress and it doesn't cost me any time. And I think it's 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 good the way it is. Hmm. Um, would you ever do anything else aside from 12 Inches? Like, would you ever do an album or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, that's definitely uh, in the making. Yeah, I'm working with, with uh, some artists at the moment that are um, collecting more than more than four tracks for a possible EP. So we're gonna we're gonna do uh we're gonna definitely gonna do some some albums. But that's the end of this year. Hopefully I hope to do that before 2014. But that's more money involved in terms of pressing and get it out there. But that's that that's definitely uh, in the pipeline. So um I guess your next thing is um next big thing on the horizon is your album second yeah. album yes um in general i mean you're in kind of an interesting spot like um you've got the panorama Bar residency you play internationally fairly often your, your productions etc cetera, etc cetera. what else you know what else do you want or where where would you, you like to go from here i guess i would like to also put more um uh, not well, i don't know if i would say more energy into the label but i would definitely keep on doing what I'm doing with the label uh, with the dolly label is that's a very active label at the moment and we've I have the new series the dolly dubs it's not really a sub label like it was quoted here and there but it's a series of different kind of tracks than than I normally release on on dolly um, label itself and I, I, I want to keep on doing that because it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed wh where that's going. And I'm kind of slowly activating Kluxon, which is the first label that I've grounded. And that's definitely going to be interesting to do a couple of exclusive releases on that. And, and that's a big focus for me as well. And to be able to uh, maintain the quality of the label the way it is now i'm happy and i want to see if i can you know keep on going with that for a very long time and um i have a lot of thoughts that i want to try out in a studio might not even be for the next album might be something completely different i don't know i have a lot of ideas musically that i like waiting to get out like because i haven't I haven't done a lot and i'm just gonna set up my new studio and 
do some serious work. So basically, that's those are the two main things that I want to be focusing on. Apart from, you know, my sets and my DJ gigs and stuff. Thank you.